Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bounds. We're back at work. The festive season seems a somewhat distant memory and we've started to break our New Year's resolutions. Dry January for Monocle on Culture, of course, means dry martinis. So 2022 is without doubt well underway. To pick us up from the sometimes gloomy depths of January, on today's show we're looking forward to a vibrant year of music ahead. And The Guardian's Deputy Music Editor, Laura Snapes, and Monocle's Senior Correspondent and Host of Monocle 24's very own Global Countdown Music Show, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, are with me to tell us what we should be listening out for this year. Now, I've asked both of you to recommend three albums today and we're going to take it in turn starting with you Fernando. Your first choice is Strome, his new album Multitude is out in March. What do you say we kind of have a little clip of that single and then uh, we'll we'll talk off the back of it. And that was uh, Sante from the album Multitude coming out in March from Strome. I'm unfamiliar with this guy, Fernando. Talk us through a bit of uh, his backstory. Well, I think Strome is one of the most kind of successful Belgian artists. And the interesting thing, Rob, I mean, his massive hit, Alors on Dance, was a massive hit all across Europe in 2010. And to be honest, it still is. I mean, if you're looking at TikTok, social media, the song kind of had a little revival as well. But his last studio album was in 2013. I mean, and for such a massive artist to be almost kind of 10 years without releasing any albums, quite a lot. I know he had, you know, a few personal problems here and there. But what a return, Rob. I mean, this song is also quite special. Uh, Sante, besides, you know, the amazing beats, it's kind of a song for all those kind of hardworking people during the COVID era that we are living. So the song he said is dedicated to the nurses, all of those that work long hours, but he made it not in a cheesy way, if you know what I mean. He made it in this kind of almost instant hit. And I think that's what we can expect uh, from Stromae. What an artist. And he's quite fashionable, so I have to say. He does have his own fashion brand called Mozaet. So I had a look at the website. Maybe I'll buy a few t-shirts as well. Yeah, it looks it looks like good stuff. I mean, we should say the video for this and this single is on YouTube at the moment. Um, he cuts a pretty dashing figure. And Sante, as you say, it means, I guess it means health, right? So this is all about the kind of health of the nation, the health of the world and all the rest of it. Is this kind of Afro-Cuban thing? Is this his kind of oeuvre, Faye? Or is this a sort of departure for him? I don't think it's a departure. But at the same time, Rob, you know, another song was released a few days ago called uh, L'Enfer. I wonder if the new album will be quite personal as well, because L'Enfer is a different type of song of Santé, which is is a bit darker. I mean, he does mention the fact that he had suicidal thoughts. It's a very emotional song. And even the video for it basically premiered live at the 8 p.m. news at the TFI1 channel in Belgium. It was a very unusual way of premiering a track. And that became the official video. So they started with a two-minute interview. And then suddenly he starts singing uh, in a very, very emotional way. So I am expecting a much more personal album this time. Uh, from Stromae. And, you know, he's a good uh, music expert for Belgium. I mean, he performed Santé at the Jimmy Fallon show in the US. I wonder if he's going to become, you know, 
even bigger and conquer other continents, not just Europe. Yeah, and I wanted to put a shout out for your Global Countdown show, Faye, uh, in the intro to this programme. What is the kind of the cut of the jib of the Belgian kind of charts? Because you're a bit of an expert on that. And obviously, that's what your programme celebrates. Is it kind of very representative of US and British pop music? Or is it kind of in a very much a sort of tributary of its own Belgian pop? I think it's one of the most vibrant charts in Europe, if I have to say, Rob. It's so diverse. Perhaps it speaks of the country as well. I mean, they, they already kind of speak two languages. And even their artists, if you look at Stromae, he said that the influences of his album, it's not only hip-hop or electronica, but also Brazilian baile funk, Congolese beats. So I think even Belgian artists, they have that in itself. And of course... Funny enough, I'll be talking more about Belgium a bit later in the show, so you can see how vibrant the country is. I mean, with exciting uh, new artists as well, uh, some French music, US pop, lots of kind of Afropop doing very well there as well. I mean, to be honest, it's doing well worldwide, but I think vibe, uh, Belgium is definitely a country to watch out for when it comes to music. Okay, the first of some Belgian vibes in this programme. Fernando chose Stromae's upcoming album. It's out in March. It's called Multitude. From it, we heard Santé. Thanks, Faye, for kicking us off. Laura, we're going to turn to you now and the wonderful Kate Le Bon. Thanks for choosing this. She can do no wrong. We have a cut of moderation coming up from Kate Le Bon. And that was Moderation, new from Kate Le Bon from the upcoming album called Pompeii. Laura, for some of our listeners, I think I think uh, Kate Le Bon's uh, work's made it onto the Monocle 24 playlist at certain points. But for some of our listeners, can you paint us a little picture of this Welsh wonder? Yeah, sure. So just over a decade ago, she came out of the Welsh scene. I think she was an ally of people like Griff Rees and Andy Votel. She made like a couple of under the radar records before she really broke out with this really melodic, beautiful, sad one called Mug Museum, which was all about memory and since then I think she's become one of the most interesting guitarists in the world. I find that her albums tend to deviate like she'll do one that's very lush and melodic and then one that's really spindly and out there and she's also become a really noted producer as well. She did the last Deer Hunter album which was great. She's produced a lot for her partner Tim Presley and they've also made music together under the name Drinks and those are definitely at the wiggier end of the Kate Le Bon scale but I love everything she does. Yeah she's got such a I mean it's one of those things for an artist to have such a kind of strong backbone and she's got such a sort of recognizable sound that kind of guitar nice to hear a bit of kind of like early 80s bowie saxophone on there as well i mean clearly mm -hmm. that belongs to many other artists but um is pompey uh, laura representative of kate lebon's kind of is this a new direction for her or is this kind of in her usual vein it sounds sounds like the latter a bit to me uh, yeah i think that there's often been a sort of like weirdo cabaret vibe to her music definitely over the last few albums and that's one of the things that i really love about her and that has definitely deepened on this record. Like you said, I definitely think that there's sort of weirdo period Bowie influences in there. I also think there's early Roxy music in there, but she really does have her own sound. And it's quite interesting. She's sort of been established for so long now that you start to hear people ripping it off. Uh, I do think you can sort of hear it all over Aldous Harding's music and a few other people as well. But the more things that sound like Caleb on, the better, if you ask me. Yeah, quite right. No one is interested in what I listen to in my house, but my wife and I's song is Are You With Me Now? As you say, she came out of a sort of very strong Welsh 
sort of indie scene and she was living in LA for a while wasn't she is she back in the UK is she kind of traveling between the two can we discern any kind of sunshine or showers in the rest of, of this album Laura well I think her last two records have been made in the UK so uh, Reward the one before this I think she made while spending a year doing an intensive carpentry course in the Lake District which actually sounds lovely <laughs> I would love to do that and then this one I think she spent a year maybe again living in a house that she first lived in 15 years ago so in Cardiff it might even be Griff Reese's old house so I'd have to check the facts but she is now based in Joshua Tree yeah I think I don't know. I never know if you can really hear place in her sound. She doesn't sort of have that stereotypically psychedelic Welsh thing that I think a lot of artists who came out of like the 90s do. Yeah, right. It's it's not that thing of kind of like, oh, you can hear Laurel Canyon in this album or you can hear the sort of, you can hear the rain on a kind of green man tent roof on other albums, right? She's got quite a sort of, for a songwriter with such sort of direct, as you say, she's got these weird and waffly side projects and things, but she's got quite a direct way with the melody. It's nice to hear her back, back on song. Laura there was talking about Kate LeBond's upcoming album. It's called Pompeii. From it, we heard Moderation. Laura, thanks so much. Uh, we're going back to Fernando. Now, your next choice, Fernando, is Charlotte Adigéry and Bully Poupoul. We're going to have a cut of Haha. <laughs> That was a bit of ha-ha that's uh, upcoming from Charlotte Adigéry and Bolly Poupoul. Fernando, this artist, was on kind of one of my picks for 2022 as well. Um, give us a bit of background on these two. Well, she's amazing, Charlotte Adigéry. We actually had one of her songs playing on the Monaco 24 playlist, a song called, I, I believe, Highlights. I'm so surprised, actually, Rob, because, you know, I liked her career, but I was not expecting this album. First of all, I didn't know much about the work of Bolis Pupul, but all I can say is that both of them, they are Belgian again. Look, Belgian is back. I, I'm telling you, this is going to be the country of 2022. Fernando, the, the, the Czech from Antwerp is on its way to you, I <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But it's interesting because both of them, they have an immigrant background. Uh, Charlotte has a Caribbean heritage and Bolly Pupu as well. He's, he's got kind of Chinese heritage as well. So it's interesting because in this album, they are talking about very kind of heavy and difficult topics, post-colonialism, immigration. But they said they didn't want to, you know, to sound that serious. So they said, you know, you can dance to this album. It's very much kind of an electronic project and it's being co-written and recorded by So Wax, which I think you know very well, right, Rob? And Haha, I was telling you that it's quite a serious album with a lot of topics uh, like immigration, but I think Haha is, is an exception. It's literally, I think they've been interviewed. There's almost no meaning to it. It's just about having fun. It's just about laughs. It's about the absurdity of the world in a way as well. And I quite like that song, but they had other ones as well. Uh, like Blender, which is very much about, you know, Charlotte Diary growing up uh, in Belgium, being the child of immigrant parents. So it is a very, very interesting track as well. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting stuff, like like reading some of the notes. She's been reading Rennie Edo Lodge's book, well, I'm no, no longer talking to white people about race. She's got, and, and that informs this record. I mean, obviously, the Congolese connection with Belgium is a, is a very tough one to talk about. This sounds 
uh, you know, forgive me, it sounds like a, an amazing way to dance your troubles away in the face of all this kind of heavy, heavy history, I guess. The video for this, have you seen the video for this one, Fernando? Yes, yes. This has got an amazing kind of video art, weird Bruce Nauman kind of art vibe to it, which is slightly unnerving. They look like they're having fun, but they look like they're kind of like dancing through the tears somehow, right? Absolutely. And, and it's interesting that Charlotte is saying, I mean, when we talk about immigration, colonialism, I mean, we hear a lot about the UK, but she said, you know, of course, in Belgium, as you mentioned, the relationship, you know, with Congo, it's something. And she even mentioned that perhaps the Belgian don't, don't confront that as directly as other countries as well. So it, it is very interesting to hear her perspective on that. So, you know, she can still kind of be valued as a Belgian artist, but she can talk about the problems in the country in a, in a fantastic album, because I have to say the beats of all the singles that I've been hearing, including Ha Ha, is, is just fantastic. And it made me discover a little bit more about the work of Bolis uh, Popo, which was unknown to me before uh, this album. And I love the title of the album, Topical Dancer. I almost want to say Tropical Dancer, but no, it's Topical Dancer. Oh, it's dancer. Topical Dancer. It's a play of words there. I like that. I like that. I like a little a li- linguistic sleight of hand there. And it's funny because Charlotte Diary and Bolly Popo, they're officially a duo now. I wonder if there will be a follow-up album as well for those who are fans of both of those artists or, or if it's just going to be a one-off project. I think we we'll have to wait and see for that. Okay, nice. Uh, thanks, Fernando. So that is Charlotte Adigéry and Bolis Poupoul. Uh, the album is Topical Dancer. Make sure you search for the right terms. And uh, that is out in March this year. We heard ha-ha from it. Laura, over to you and Cécile McLaurin-Salvon. We're going to have a cut of Ghost Song and we'll talk off the back of it. I will dance with the ghost of our long lost And that was Cécile McLaurin-Salvant with a little bit of Ghost Song from an upcoming album of the same name as chosen by Laura Snapes. Wow, such a depth of class in that voice, Laura. Again, I'll get get you to fill us in on the background of this amazing artist. Yes, her phrasing is absolutely amazing. And I think that's really the thing that she's become known for. Her previous albums, I think they were mostly or maybe all standards. But this is the first record which has got, it's got pop on it. I think it's got originals on it. It starts with a reimagining of Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights. She covers Kurt Vile and Sting and Gregory Porter on there. And yeah, she is an American artist. I think she was raised in France. She studied in France. She studied two degrees at the same time, law and Baroque and jazz music, which is pretty impressive. And in 2020, she got a MacArthur Genius Grant. And I think sometimes the sort of work that's awarded that kind of thing can seem a bit forbidding, or maybe I've just seen Synecdoche, New York too many times where where he wins that and sort of goes a bit mad. I have to say, I'm not super familiar with her previous work, but I just stuck this on because the promo landed in my inbox a few weeks ago and I love it. It's really varied. We just heard a snippet of the title track and the rest of the song goes into completely different sort of like modes. Um, She has this amazing quote where she says that to her texture is a really big part of how I sing. She says, you want the creamy and the chewy and the crunchy at the same time, warm and cold. And you really get that on the record. On the song called I Lost My Mind, she processes her voice through uh, like a vocoder. So it starts with this version of Wuthering Heights and it also ends with a song. They're both done in the same style. I'm going to butcher pronunciation of this. I'm very sorry. I think it's a Seanos, a traditional Irish sort of unaccompanied vocal style. And the idea was that 
it makes the album into a continuous loop because she said when she listens to music, she puts an album on a loop, on repeat and walks around her neighbourhood. So she didn't want it to really have a beginning and an end. And yeah, at the beginning of the title track, it starts with this great howl, which is so different to the quiet bit that we just heard there. And there's another song which I really love called Obligation, which sort of reminds me of like a classic Stephen Sondheim piece by way of Fiona Apple. There's so much to love in this record. When I knew you wanted to talk about um, Cecile McCrory and Salvant, I did a bit of digging around. There's a wonderful sort of atmospheric piece about her in The New Yorker from a few years ago when she was just sort of in her mid-20s, I guess. And yes, as you say, just doing kind of covers and stuff. And it, it was a review of a concert she did at the Village Vanguard in Greenwich Village. And it just sounded absolutely amazing and, and kind of such a kind of natural way with these. Um, and having watched a few of her sort of gigs on YouTube and stuff, such an amazing way with phrasing and quite a contemporary and surprising list of songs to do for this record right I mean sort of Sting and Kate Bush don't often get a kind of jazz run through right yeah I mean you know there's so much chat these days about how genre doesn't exist and artists don't really like the idea of genre and I think sometimes you know supposedly genre defying music can just be a bit sort of soupy and nothingy but I think you see the fullest expression of what that can look like on an album like this in a really really exciting way you know she is trained as a jazz musician but I think you know her mind is so sort of musically expansive she doesn't somebody she sort of reminds me of Tyler the Creator even though their records their recent records don't sound anything like the same I get the sense that they have a similar sort of boundaryless like conception of music yeah we talked I mean and you talked about Tyler the Creator on, on our sort of roundup show at the end of last year I can imagine them sharing a drink and, and kind of having a, a deep musical discussion but then taking to the stage and kind of knock everyone's socks off right we had a bit of ghost song as chosen by Laura Snape's new or upcoming I should say from Cecile McLaurin Salvant ghost song is also the name of the album and that is also out in March this year Fernando back to you and your next thing is not one thing but two things the Stewards Inquiry will obviously catch you at the end of the programme. But go on, let's have two slices of synth pop. Why don't you intro them and then we'll, we'll hear a couple of clips uh, from them. First of all, I'm sorry, I'm breaking all the rules here. But uh, I think I, I put the two together because they're very kind of similar to me. As you know, Rob, I mean, synth pop is, is my thing. I think that's the kind of... The You've genre. got the moves fair. You've got the moves for it. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. I listen to it practically every day. And I feel quite nostalgic about both of them. And funnily enough, they also have very nostalgic music. The first one is Kavinsky, the French producer. Of course, he became super famous in 2011 when his song Night Call was part of the Drive soundtrack. And funnily enough, the soundtrack became almost as famous as the film itself. And what a wonderful track. And the vocals by Brazilian singer Love Fox as well. But since 2013, there was no new music from Kavinsky. So I was surprised when he released the single and he said, yes, my album Reborn will be out at some time this year. Uh, but the, the new single Renegade, it's out. And if you listen to it, Rob, the track, it reminds me of what The Weeknd is showing around in the charts. I have a feeling that The Weeknd was a little bit influenced by some of Kavinsky's work as well. But I wonder if Kavinsky does it better. Okay, new um, from the much missed Kavinsky. That was Renegade featuring Cautious Clay, as chosen by Fernando uh, on this programme. Yeah, I can still kind of imagine uh, Ryan Gosling standing in front of a 
wind machine exactly that <laughs> wearing that lovely jacket that he was wearing in the film exactly silky silky <laughs> smooth <laughs> um and your second choice is sally shapiro we're going to hear a bit of forget about you That was Sally Shapiro, um, new from host, Forget About You, as chosen by Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Did synth pop, Faye, ever... We're not talking just about the Pacheco residence here, but it seems to have always been in fashion. It seems to whiz in and out on film soundtracks, in the charts. What is it about synth pop that kind of gets you going and seems to sort of make it a constant fixture all over the place? I think because it's just delicious, Rob, in a way, as a rhythm. And, and, and it's funny you said that it's always been fashionable. Yes, I agree. But I think kind of a decade ago, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it was almost a little bit more indie at the time. There was amazing pop, including by Sally Shapiro. But now it's literally everywhere. I mean, all the movements, they have a little bit of synth pop. If you look at hip hop, rock, you know, it's very much mainstream. But there was a time in the noughties, in the 2010s, there it was a little bit kind of India as a genre, but of course, those things come and go. And Sally Shapiro, Rob, for me, they're very emotional. They released their first album. First of all, they're very mysterious. I don't know how they look like, for example. Uh, they released Disco Romance about 15 years ago. And it is pop, not that you can dance to, but it, that you can cry to. I remember crying a lot listening uh, to Sally Shapiro. And funny enough, their new album, which will be out on the 18th of February, is called Sad Cities. I think there's something quite delicate. Of course, they, they come from Sweden, which again is, is a country that does very well kind of uh, melodic pop music. Just look at the, so many bands uh, from the past. But this is a duo that I think people should discover. And they have one of my favorite song titles of all time, which I'm going to say is quite long. It's called This City's Local Italo Disco DJ Has a Crush on Me. Marvelous. <laughs> it's got it's got a big monocle Christmas party vibe about yes, it uh, yes. somehow. Like, sorry for the in joke there, everybody, but uh, <laughs> you're you're all welcome next year. Yeah, there is something of obviously, which is why Kavinsky works so well on the Drive soundtrack and all the rest of it. This kind of neo noir thing, this kind of urban alienation, the kind of cold side of the hot neon, right, Fernando? There's something about that which is sort of poetic urban and a little bit sad somehow about both of the the acts you've chosen here or at least, at least about the world that they invent for their listeners i suppose very much so and it, it is appealing and rob even if you look at the current charts uh, you know perhaps artists more well known i would repeat the name the weekend here as well it's very much this kind of type of music and i think people they just enjoy this and and is reaching very much mainstream pop again but Kavinsky and Sally Shapiro are perhaps are good options as well if you're tired of listening to The Weeknd. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome back, Kavinsky. And we heard Renegade featuring Cautious Clay. That is from an album called Reborn. And, of course, Sally Shapiro. The album is Sad Cities, as Fernando said. And we heard a little bit of Forget About You. Fernando, well done for nipping two in there just before the end <laughs> of the programme. Thanks very much indeed. And we're going to end um, with Laura. Why don't we have a cut, Laura, from What's New from Let's Eat Grandma? Sunrise, see the 
That was Let's Eat Grandma, and we heard a little bit there of Happy New Year, as chosen by Laura Snape, who's finishing the programme with this choice. We'll need a little bit of background on this band. They're not a band name that you forget in a hurry, but give our listeners a little bit of little bit of uh, wising up on Let's Eat Grandma, Laura. It's definitely the band name you choose when you form the band at age 12 or 13, which they did. Um, yeah, they, their first album came out when they were 16, and there was quite a bit of buzz around it. I found it a little sort of um, defiantly sort of like quirky in a way, which is a, a terrible word. I wish I hadn't used that word, but they developed really, really quickly onto their second album, I'm All Ears, which had a couple of tracks that they made with the late producer Sophie, and that was where they really started to push the sort of synth pop here we go again synth pop maximalism in their sound and really they're really really fantastic lyricists as well like they're really good at sort of conveying the feeling of a sensory rush and this is their third album it's out in april it's called two ribbons and at the heart of it there's two or three things really so it's rosa walton and jenny hollingworth and Jenny's boyfriend died of a rare form of cancer a few years ago. I think he died when she was 19, and that's obviously an awful thing for anybody to go through, but for it to happen at such a young age as well is just brutal. And so her songs are making sense of that. At the same time, her and Rosa's relationship was falling apart a bit as well. They'd been friends since they were four years old, and they found that they were just unable to communicate in the way that they had once been able to, which was really distressing to them. And Rosa, at the same time, had moved to London, and she was trying out a new life and sort of making discoveries about herself as well. And so it's so potent, this album. I just think it's, it's you know, it's, it's a continuation of them just bettering everything they do with every record, really. Yeah, and it's it's such a beautifully put, and, and also it must be so satisfying, despite their I will momentarily quote you defiantly quirky debut, which you can you can excuse them for when they're sixteen years old, right? To see the sort of satisfaction of seeing a band's sound develop and these two young artists develop alongside that sound must be a satisfying thing as a critic as well, right, Laura? I mean, it's kind of nice to go some distance with a group and see them change a bit. Definitely. And it's staggering to remember that they're still only 22 as well, because they started when they were so young. And I mean, 22 is still very young by sort of any measure. And yeah, on this record, they push the synth pop side of it. That song Happy New Year that we just heard ends with this this sample of fireworks, which sort of makes my heart flutter still every time I hear it. And I've listened to it a lot of times at this point. But then the back half of the record has got more sort of quiet, not so much like fully acoustic, but some more sort of calm songwriterly moments. And they really pull off all of it. And you, you mentioned one of your earlier comments, a kind of there's a sort of genre-free environment in which some music seems to sit, on which some people wish certain music sat. This sounds like it kind of touches a lot. Of, there's pop on there. There's kind of rocky stuff. There's power pop, as you said. There's electro. In this kind of genre-free or wannabe genre-free environment, where does a band like this sort of sit? They seem to be. They've obviously got sort of fans that have been with them right from the beginning, since they were releasing that first record then when they were sixteen. Um, has their sort of sounds gone through? Um, a, a, a great change since then? Um, I think the biggest change was they were both really enormous and they, I think they remain really huge fans of PC Music, that sort of weirdo pop collective that make a kind of abrasive, very synthesised, very sort of industrial bubblegum kind of music. And so Sophie, uh, the late producer, was a key part of that. And when they worked with her on their second record, I think that did, you know, you really felt the colours getting brighter. And they've really continued that here. I interviewed them a little while ago and they they spoke about Sophie's influence and the main thing that they took from her being that sense of boundlessness. Again, you know, definitely probably something in common with uh, Cecile as well. And it's lovely stuff. I mean, it's, I've always thought they're a group that just kind of pounded out of your your earphones or out of your speakers. There's something, there's a lot of raw energy 
that comes out, which not all musicians have made the same. And a kind of interesting counterpoint as well to some to someone like Cecile McLaurin's Salvant, with such a again such an energy, but such a sort of controlled energy. This seems like very ebullient kind of two sides of the same coin, perhaps, but very different sides. That was Let's Eat Grandma. The album is called Two Ribbons. From it, we heard Happy New Year, and that was chosen by the Guardian's Laura Snapes. Thank you very much indeed, Laura, and of course to Fernando Augusto Pacheco from Monocle Twenty Four. Thanks both for your wit and wisdom on today's program. I hope we're fully equipped at least to step into March, at least, um, in 2022. (laughs) Laura, what about festivals and things this year? Have you dared to book anything yet? I haven't booked anything, but I mean, I'm feeling slightly positive. I saw that Glastonbury had put up a sign hiring for caterers. But yeah, I haven't booked anything. But yeah, hopefully it's going to be a glorious summer, you know, starting with Primavera and then going through to the rest of them. Perfect. And hopefully we'll see some of the uh, acts that you guys highlight on today's programme. Thank you to Laura Snapes and Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Monocle on Culture was produced by Sophie Monaghan-Coombs and our sound engineer is Steph Chongu. I've been Robert Bound. We'll be back at the same time next week. But for the time being, thank you for tuning in. (laughs) 